I love that uh, that new song that Scotty began singing, I guess Wednesday night, about the river of God. And boy, I've been thinking about that this week. And what a blessing that truly is. Brother, thank you for singing that so well this morning. Thank you all, the worship team, for doing what you do, for just using the talents and abilities that God has given you to honor and glorify Him. We are truly blessed here at Mount Zion to have folks that want to serve Jesus, lift Him up in, uh, in worship and praise. But in that song, it talks about the river of God, and it asks the question, if, I wonder if I can drink of this river. Jesus answers that question in John chapter 7. I love how he puts it. He, put, he says here in John seven thirty seven, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Then he says in verse 38, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I am thankful this morning that all who are thirsty can come unto the Lord Jesus and drink freely of the water he gives. Can you say amen to that? That water brings life and that water brings power and that water brings peace uh, and purpose to all who receive Christ as their personal Savior. Take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to Ephesians chapter number 6. And this morning I'm going to be preaching on the subject. I'll be answering the question, what is a dad? Ephesians chapter number 6. Verses 1 through 4 is what we'll look at to begin with. Then we'll go to Psalm 127 for just a moment. But um, dads, I will, first of all, I want to thank you for being here this morning. And I want to thank you for uh, realizing the responsibility you've been given. I want you to know that I have been right where you're sitting. I remember years ago that there was a, um, I was getting ready to preach a Father's Day sermon. And I was sitting up on the front pew of the church. And a gentleman came up and sat down right beside me and put his arm around me. And he said, Brother Israel, I started to wear my helmet today. And I said, well, why would you want to wear a helmet? He said, well, it seems as though every time we come to church on Father's Day, I get beat over the head with the truth of the Scripture. And, uh, and so I assured him that day that it was never my, um, it was never my, what I wanted to do was beat anybody over the head with the scripture. That's not what we want to do. But I do understand where he's coming from for a little bit. I, and like I said, I've been right where you're sitting. And it seems as though we come in here on Mother's Day and we talk about how great and grand mothers are. We talk about what a blessing mamas are to their families. We talk about how hard a mother works and what all she has to do and uh, how that she does more than her share. And you know what? All that's true. And I'm thankful for mothers and I uh, mean, uh, what, a, what a blessing it is to have a godly mother. But uh, then we come in on Father's Day and we talk about how the fathers failed. And we talk about how that uh, fathers need to be more of what God's called them to be. And Folks, you know there's truth in that to some degree. And there's certainly a time for that. Uh, but I want you, because you need to understand, we'll never get to where we need to go or where we want to be unless we realize where we are. Now how many of you believe this morning we live in a morally corrupt society? We live in a dark, dark world. We live in a nation uh, where the society uh, is sinful. And the shortcomings of our society that we live in day by day, week by week, year by year, the society we're raising our children in, the shortcomings in our society can be traced back, I promise you, to the home. And when it's traced back to the home, 
um, then we know that, fathers, the buck stops with us. I'm reminded of what Ronald Reagan said years ago when they were talking to him about the state of the nation and what was going on with the economy and everything else having to do with the United States of America. And that's what he said. He said, the buck stops with me. He realized that the responsibility for the nation ultimately is laid at his feet because he's the leader. Now, fathers, I want you to know something. We have been given a great blessing. I want you to know that this morning I've been blessed greatly and, but my three uh, greatest blessings call me daddy. I, I'd rather be a father than anything else. There, nothing that gets me jacked up more than knowing I get to be a dad to my three kids. But with that great blessing, you also need to understand we have been given a tremendous responsibility. I mean a responsibility that not only changes our home, but does change the society. Uh, I believe that when you get the family right, you can get a nation right. But it all starts with the family. And if the family is going to be what God wants it to be, uh, fathers, the buck stops with us. So this morning, in no way am I trying to beat anybody over the head with the truth of Scripture. I want you to know that I appreciate the work that you do. I want you to know that I'm thankful that we've got godly dads who are willing to raise their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But this morning, I want us to grow together. I want to learn with you as we both, uh, all of us, look into the Word of God and see just what God has required of us to be godly fathers. So what is a dad according to the Scripture? Well, the Bible tells us right here in Ephesians chapter number 6. He says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. He says, Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, that thou mayest live long on the earth. I try and quote this scripture to my kids regularly. If you want to have a good long life, you need to be doing what me and the mama says. And uh, that's just truth because that's what God's word tells us. And so well, I think it's good to remind them of that from time to time. And it certainly helps in my household. But then he says, verse number four, and ye fathers. He starts off talking uh, to parents, to the mother and the father. And he says, raise them up uh, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord to uh, teach them to do what is right. But then he singles out the father. Now why would he single out the father as he does there in Ephesians chapter 6 because again the responsibility lies with us how many of you know dads it's not mama's responsibility to lead our children to Jesus it's my responsibility it's not my wife's responsibility to make sure that my kids are up and ready to go to church on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or a Sunday night or whatever's going on in the house of God and let me tell you something else dads you know it's time that we stop giving our children options whether or not they want to come to church uh, th th that's not biblical by no means. You are the father for a reason. Those children need guidance. And God has given you the responsibility to guide them unto the things of God, to lead them to Jesus. And I want you to know something, daddies. We're either leading our families to Christ or we're leading our families away from Christ. And it's all dependent upon how we view what God's Word says to us. If we take that truth and apply it to ourselves, we can be just what God wants us to be by His power. I, my goodness, listen to me. My kids don't get to decide whether or not they come into church. As long as they're under my roof, they're going to be in church. Hey, if we've got church on Sunday morning, I'm going to be at church and my kids are going to be at church. If we've got church on Sunday night, I'm going to be at church and my kids are going to be at church. If we've got church Wednesday night, I'm going to be at church and my kids are going to be at church. Why? Because I realize it's through the preaching and teaching of the Word of God that they gain understanding of who God is, who they are, and how much they need Him. 
And so as long as they're under my care, as long as I have them in my home, I want to lead them unto Jesus. And leading them unto Jesus means that we set priorities in our household as to who come first. And folks, we've got to say in our homes, fathers, that Jesus comes first. I can't say what everybody else is going to do. But what I can do is speak for my house. And just like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I can't say what you're going to do. I can't make your decision. We all, as fathers, need to make the decision for... You say, well, Brother Israel, is, it, uh, is that all it is to it, just to make sure you, your family comes to church, your kids are in church? Well, that's part of it. Now, listen, that's not the, the ceiling, that's the floor. That's where we begin in service to the Lord, right here in this body of believers. I'm reminded of a story I heard years ago about a little Confederate grandma that was sitting there at her home when Union soldiers came through the land and was taking over the land uh, which she lived on. And, and, the, and she was sitting there around the fireplace and her, her, some members of her family were sitting there with her. And she saw the Union Calvary coming up the drive there outside her house. And she grabbed the fire poker out of the fireplace and began running out the front door, man, chasing those Union Calvary members with that fire poker. And one of the members of her family said, Grandma, Granny, what are you going to do with that fire poker? You're not going to be able to do much uh, to a Calvary just using a fire poker. She said, I can let them know whose side I'm on. Let me tell you something, fathers. When you get up in the, on a Sunday morning and get your Bible and lead your family to church, you're letting them know whose side you're on. Can you say amen? amen? You're teaching those children that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to worship Him. Let me tell you what else you're doing. You're teaching those people in your community that you're going to serve the Lord. Hey, Sunday, I'm not going to mow the grass. I'm not going to go out and do things that I know uh, I, I shouldn't be doing. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with mowing the grass. I'm just saying when it comes time for you to worship, you need to be in the worship of the Lord. You need to let them know whose side you're on. Hey, listen to me, folks. It's time as fathers we start raising up a standard in our homes to serve Jesus uh, first and foremost. He must be the first priority in my life if it's going to make a difference in the lives of my children. And so he says, ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but he says, bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. We're going to talk about what that means as a child of God and as a dad today. Let's pray together before we do that. Father, we love you, and we're thankful for who you are. We're thankful for what you've done. Lord, I'm thankful for the great blessing of being a dad, and Lord, I'm praying today that you would speak to me and speak through me your truth to your people. Lord, I can do nothing in and of myself. I don't want to do nothing in and of myself in my own power. I want you to move me out of the way and use me for your honor and your glory. Lord, what we need today is a fresh anointing, a fresh touch. We need you to bring us your truth. I can preach truth but only you can impart truth. So Lord we're asking that this morning you impart truth to the here so that we'll be different when we leave here than we were when we came here. May we never come together and just go through the motions but Lord may we be desperate to hear from heaven because that's what we all stand in need of. In Jesus name we do pray and for your sake Amen. Now he says to bring the children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. How many of you know, folks, the best commentary on the Word of God is the Word of God itself? And let me give you the best commentary I know of for Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 4. It comes from Psalm 127. So everybody take your Bibles this morning and let's look over in Psalm 127 for just a moment. And I want to share with you what a dad is according to the Word of God. What it means to be a godly father. 
He says here, if he, or, or, excuse me, Psalm 127, verse 1. He says, except the Lord build the house. So according to the first verse, he's talking about the building of a house, the building of a home. Um, and so how do we build a godly home? He says, except the Lord does it, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Let me tell you something I'm thankful for, dads. I am thankful this morning that, uh, listen, even though the job of fatherhood and being a husband and being the spiritual leader of my household, listen, it's too big for me. I can't do it. But I am thankful that the Bible promises that what I can't do, God can do. When I do fall short, he never falls short. And the Bible says the house will be built if the Lord builds the house. So what I do is I pray that God would give me wisdom, God would give me understanding, God would give me a loving heart to see my family as he sees them, to see my children as he sees them, so that I might raise them in a way that's pleasing unto the Lord. I cannot be the father God wants me to be. But by the power of the Holy Spirit living in me, working on me and working through me, I can be what God wants which can be an effective leader in my home and in my household. Except the Lord build the house. They that labor, labor in vain. And so I want to give complete control to what God is doing in my home and for my home uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Oh Lord, lead, guide me, direct me, show me what you want, show me what my family needs. Help me to be the man that God wants me to be. That's what I want more than anything else. Look what else he says here. Verse number two. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for he giveth his beloved sleep. He says, lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. And I love how he puts that. He says that we shouldn't sit up late. We shouldn't eat the bread of sorrows because he gives his beloved sleep. See, a lot of you are losing sleep over things in your life that you need to turn over to Jesus. A lot of you are spending sleepless nights in worry and all the world worry is a lack of faith. How many of you believe today God is able? God is able to do the work that I can't do. God is able to change the lives that I can't change. Some of you may have problems with your children, with your marriage, in your family. Listen to me. It's, it's time that you give that to Jesus and allow God to do what he can do. The, the burden that you're carrying is far too heavy for you to carry it. That's why 1 Peter 5, 7 says it like this. Cast your care upon the Lord for he cares for you. Give it to the Lord. Let him do what only he is capable of. You've carried it too long. Let's go on a little further. Look what he says here. Verse number four. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. I love this verse. Now let me tell you what he's saying. He's giving us the analogy of a father raising his children and, a, and an archer shooting an arrow. Now, folks, if we want to know what it means to be godly fathers, what a daddy is, according to the Word of God, it's found right here in the pages of Scripture. And he says, just like an archer would shoot an arrow, we are to shoot our children into a world that needs direction concerning the things of God. So the first thing we need to see is that the archer must be strong. The archer must be strong because the Bible says that the arrows are in the hand of a mighty man. Everybody say mighty man. Now what does it mean to be a mighty man of God? Is he talking about physical strength? Oh no, not by a long shot. Folks, he's talking about the spiritual strength that comes when a man of God is wholeheartedly following after the Lord. 
Listen to me. Do you know that we gain our strength, physically speaking, by eating good? I remember when I was a little boy, my mom used to tell me something. She really wanted me to eat and uh, eat right and eat good. She'd say, if you want to grow up and be big and strong like your daddy, you need to eat your meals. You need to eat your vegetables. You need to eat what I put on your plate. You know what? She was right. As you eat good things, then you grow stronger physically speaking. Now, I want you to know the same is true for you if you want to grow strong spiritually speaking. You've got to feast on good things. Peter says it like this, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1. He says that we are to desire the sincere milk of the word as newborn babes in Christ. I remember when my babies were little. Man, at 2 o'clock in the morning, if they wanted to uh, get some of their milk, they didn't let, care to let anybody know about them. I mean, they'd wake everybody up in the house wanting the milk that they desired. <laughs> now, what Peter is saying, as a child of God, just like that baby desires its milk so that it might grow, we ought to desire the Word of God so that we might grow. Now, it starts out with the milk of the Word. Just like a baby starts out with milk. How I many know a, a baby, it'll do you no good to grill you up a T-bone steak and sit down in front of a six-month-old? Why? Because that six-month-old can't eat the steak that you give him or her. But let me tell you something. After a while, after it's gotten stronger on milk, then you start introducing the meat. And so what we see there is a growing process. It's a growing process, physically speaking, but for us who want to be strong uh, as, as, as mighty men of God, as, as the, the, the archer who's pulling back the bow and shooting the arrow, if we want to get strong physically, or excuse me, spiritually, folks, it starts with desiring the sincere milk of the Word, and then as we grow more and more to become like Christ, as we get a hold of God's truth and apply that truth to our lives, we're growing from line upon line, precept upon precept, glory to glory, we're growing. Growing in the things of God so that now we become strong men of God that are uh, leading their families in a way that's pleasing unto Him. Look in Hebrews chapter 5 with me. Brothers, if you will, please put this on the screen for me. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 12. Watch what it says here. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. He says, and are become such as have need of milk, watch this now, and of strong meat. Now he's talking to leaders in the church, but I'm going to tell you this verse also applies to leaders in the family. He says that you ought to be the one doing the teaching, but you're still having need of someone teach you. I'm going to tell you something, folks. There needs to be a process of growth in the man of God so that we might be the dad, the father that our children needs. It's good to be on the milk, but we need to keep growing in that milk so that we can then get on the strong meat, get into the deep things of God, get into the things that really make a difference in our lives and the lives of our families. So how do we grow uh, stronger, spiritually speaking? How do we become that mighty man of God? We become that mighty man of God by getting a hold of God's truth and applying it to our life. If you believe it, say amen. amen. 
It's the truth of the Word of God coupled with the power of the Holy Spirit that helps me be the dad that God has called me to be. It's through the truth of the Word of God I get the instruction from God that I need to lead my family. It's through the person of the Holy Spirit that I receive the power needed to stand when times get tough because there will be some tough times. Fatherhood is a great blessing and is a great responsibility, but I'm going to tell you it's tough. It's the toughest job you'll ever love, I promise you that. So we need the strength of God that comes from the Word of God. But let me say something else. We need to be men who study and ingest not only the milk of the Word, but the meat of the Word. We need to be a growing process there. But we also need to be men of prayer. Men of prayer. Let me tell you what I figured out. God can go where I can't go. Dad, you know something that scares me to death? There are times that I can't protect my children. And the older they get, the more true that becomes. I can't go with them to school. I can't go with them to work. I can't go with them to this place, to a friend's house or that place. I, I can't go with them where they're going at all times. But let me tell you what I figured out. By the power of God, through prayer, listen, I know that God is with them wherever they go. And I continue to remind him of that. Lord, I can't go with my kids to school today, but I know that you can. I'm asking that you protect them. I'm asking that you show them grace. I'm asking that you show them favor. I'm asking that you give them friends that would be pleasing unto you. I'm asking you that they would be a friend, that would be a help to someone else. Lord, use them as they go into their school today to be lights for you. Oh, God, do in their life what only you can do. I pray that regularly for my kids. Because I realize I am inadequate. Amen. I can't go with them and protect them always, but God can. And so the Bible tells us as men of God, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, that we ought to pray without ceasing. Now, brothers, what does that mean? Does that mean that we're to stay in this altar 24 hours a day on our knees praying? Is that what he's talking about? Because I truly believe a lot of guys think the only time we pray is on Sunday morning. On Sunday night or whenever you come to church, listen to me. I can't stay in this altar 24 hours a day praying. I've got stuff I've got to do. I've got responsibilities that are mine. I've got work tomorrow. I've got family. I've got all things, these things that we all have. we all got stuff, and so we've got to live our lives. But what the Bible is teaching is that we ought to stay in a continual attitude of prayer. So that throughout my day when I think about the goodness of God, I can just say, thank you, Jesus. When I think about the grace of God, I say, I praise you, Lord. Thank you for doing in my life what only you can do. Throughout my day, when I'm going through hardships at work, I say, Lord, you know what's going on here. You know what's happening. I need your help in this area and in that area. And I'm telling you something. When you start living with that, in that continual attitude of prayer, you'll start seeing God move and work in your life like never before. When, when situations arise with my children, I say, Lord, give me wisdom to know how to deal with this. Because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I've come to find out that parenting is a lot of trial and error. Matter of fact, my daughter has said to me on several occasions, my oldest daughter, she'll say, Dad, that ain't how you, when I make decisions for Gage or Ellie Grace, that ain't what you did when I was their age. And I say, well, baby, I'm sorry, I'm just a better parent now. A lot of the stuff I learned, I learned the hard way with you. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. You, you was uh, kind of the guinea pig, and it's trial and error. It really is. 
So what we need above everything else as parents is the wisdom of God. How to teach. So that they'll know what's right and what's wrong. I need the wisdom of God for that. How to discipline. In a right way at the right time for the right reason. I need the wisdom of God for that. And so I pray and ask for God's wisdom in those areas in my life, in my parenting. So if we want to be strong men who are pulling back the bow and shooting the arrows, like the psalmist is telling us, listen, we have got to be men that take hold of the word of God and apply it to our lives, and we've got to be men of prayer. Amen? Let, let me say something else to you. Listen to me. To shoot effectively, it takes a lot of skill. It takes a lot of practice. And it takes a lot of determination. A few years ago, well, it's actually been about 15 years ago now, I bought my first compound bow and arrow. And I just assumed that I was going to go out and be a professional shooting that bow and arrow the first day I got it. But I found out real quick that it takes a lot of skill. It takes a lot of determination. It takes a lot of practice to actually get good at firing the arrow. And so the, the same is true in your parenting. It takes some skill. It takes some determination. There's going to be times when you mess up and you blow it. I mean, no, there are no perfect fathers. And there are no perfect children. And we all need the grace of God. So, dads, let me say something to you. If you've blown it in certain areas, join the crowd. I have too. But I'm thankful that the grace of God and the mercy of God is new for me every morning and it's new for you as well. Don't give up. Just because you've fallen, just because you failed in some area, don't give up. Be determined because, listen, the greatest job you will ever do is raising your children to know Jesus as their personal Savior. There's nothing more important than that. I'm going to tell you something. If I succeed at Mount Zion Baptist Church as your pastor, but I fail as a father, I failed. I'll be honest. If I had the choice of either succeeding as a pastor or, or, or succeeding as a father, I'll choose a father every time. I want to be the father God's pleased with that my children need. Amen? And so listen to me. Be determined. You're going to make mistakes. It is trial and error from time to time. But realize God's grace is sufficient for you. It takes some skill, some determination. It takes practice. Daily, daily doing your part to be the dad God wants you to be. Your, your kids need you to be. I mean, how many of you know that never ends? Circumstances change. But even now today, at 40 years old with three kids of my own, I still look to my father for advice, for leadership. And a lot of the things that he teaches me, he don't teach me with his mouth. He teaches me with his life. I've come to find out in parenting, the stuff that we teach our kids is not usually taught, it's called. When they catch us doing what's pleasing in the Lord, it's a whole lot easier for them to do it. Amen? So then we're leading by example. <laughs> it's, it, it becomes our practice. 
I was talking to a brother just the other day and he said something to me that blessed my heart. He said, consistency is key in everything that we do. And that's right. If you want to be a father, a godly father, a dad that makes a difference, you need some consistency daily in your life. You need to practice what you preach day by day. Amen? You know what? I want, to keep, I want, I want my kids to, kids to catch me praying. I want them to catch me praying around the dinner table. I want them to catch me in the study of the Word of God. I want them to catch me loving people like Jesus loves people. Doing unto others as I would have them do unto me. I want them to catch me with a forgiving spirit. I want them to catch me in the joy of the Lord. I want them to catch me fulfilling the purpose God's called me to. And as they catch me doing that, that teaches them how they are to live. And so it takes a lot of skill. It takes a lot of determination. It takes a lot of practice for you to get good at shooting them arrows. For us to get good at being fathers, that dads that really make a difference. Now, you need to know the archer has to be strong, but you know the arrows have to be straight. He says here that, Psalm 127, that arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. How many of you know you can't shoot straight with a crooked arrow? And, and you don't just go out in the woods and pick up a twig and put an arrowhead on it and start shooting it. You've got to shape that arrow. You've got to shape that arrow shaft so that then you can uh, shoot it effectively. So what's that saying to the Father? Well, that's saying this. It's saying that we are to shape, we are to sharpen, and then we are to shoot our children. Now, how do we do that? How do we shape our children? Well, we teach them to be what God wants them to be. How many know God has a plan for their life? God has a plan for my kids. I can't wait to see what God does in their life. But I've got to be the one who facilitates the right uh, environment so that they can realize the plan God has for them. And again, that's why I want to keep them in church. Because I realize as they are under the preaching and teaching of the Word of God, they're getting instruction on what God has for them. Now that don't only only happen in, in, in church on Sunday, but that happens throughout our life. In many, many different ways. Let me give you some things that will help you sharpen and shape and shoot um, children effectively as the Bible says that we are to. First of all, how you know you need to begin early in teaching your children? Brothers, if you will, please put for me Psalm 22 and verse number 6 there on the screen. Watch, watch what this says. Psalm 22, verse number 6. Very powerful verse of Scripture. Proverbs 22 and 6. Check this out. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a what? Train up a what? So what's the Bible saying? Start early. I'm going to tell you something. If you don't start shaping and sharpening your child early, it's going to be much more difficult to shape them later on in life. I mean, you ever heard the old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks? 
It's very difficult to go back and try to teach your children what they need to know and sharpen them in the way they need to be sharpened. Listen, if you've not done it at an early age as a child, and the Bible promises that if you train up a child and the way he should go when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This has been my experience in my life. When I was a little boy, I was brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. My parents were faithful men, a faithful man and woman of God. And I'm telling you, they'd done everything they could to make sure that I was being raised in a way that was pleasing unto the Lord. Not just on Sunday in the church house, but on Monday at my house. I mean, they, they did everything they could, but when it came time for me to make my own decisions, I'm going to be honest, I made some bad ones. But let me tell you what was always in the back of my mind, what was always on my heart, what I knew to be right, what I knew to be true. And how did I know what was right? How did I know what was true? Because my mom and dad, they started early teaching me, training me as a child, so that when I got old, even though I might depart, I, listen, I still knew the right way home. Even though I might do the wrong thing, I still knew what was the right thing. So what we need to do, parents, is start early. Start early teaching them, training them what it means to be men and women of God. Now, let me give you another one. Be creative. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. I love this one. Deuteronomy chapter number 6. And look down at verse number 6. He says, and in these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Oh, what, look how he tells us to teach them. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Now, well, let me tell you what the writer is saying here. Our faith, our relationship to God, what we believe to be true ought to be so real to us that it impacts every area of our life. So that when we're sitting in our house or we're walking in the way, or we're, uh, we're going wherever we're going, doing whatever we're doing, listen, that just becomes such a part of us that, that we are able in all of these different areas and circumstances to speak into the lives of our kids. You may be working in the yard. God gives you opportunity to speak truth into them kids' lives. And when that happens, do it. You may be sitting at the dinner table and get questions about what God has said and why he said it. And when God opens those doors, listen to me, you take advantage of that and step through the door that he opens. Be creative in teaching them. It don't have to be just a set time where we sit down at night and do a devotion. That's all well and good, and I think that's good in different seasons of your life. But I'm going to tell you something. It should be as you walk throughout your life, day by day, listen, wherever you're going, Use the opportunities that arise and be creative to teach your children the truth. Start early. Be creative. Let me say something else to you. Teach them what it means to be men and women of character. Character is integrity. Integrity is what we do when no one else is looking. Who is teaching your children to be friendly? Who's teaching your children to be responsible? Who is teaching your children to be content? Who is teaching your children to live with purpose? Who is teaching your children what it means to do what's right even when nobody knows it? Dads, that is our responsibility. Teach them to be men and women of character. Teach them 
what it means to earn an honest dollar. We live in a world where kids are given everything. And mine are just as spoiled as anybody else's, I can promise you. But one thing that my mom, me and their mother have always tried to teach them is that money don't grow on trees. If you want to go out and buy something, that's fine, but you've got to work for what you're going to buy. If they want a new toy or a new video game or a new football or basketball, whatever they're wanting, I listen, many times I'll say, well, hey, you know what? You can do that, but that's going to cost you. And what's it going to cost them? A little sweat off the brow. If you want that new video game, then you've got to wash mine and your mama's car and you've got to clean your room this week. And when I see the car's washed and the van's washed and I see that your room's clean, then we'll talk about getting your new video game. It's good to give them allowance. Nothing's wrong with that. But when you do that, make sure they understand how to manage their money. Hey, you know what I believe? We ought to teach them to give early so that they'll know how to give later on in life. Teach them to tie from that allowance. Teach them to tie from that money that they get from working. All of that is our responsibility, teaching them to be men and women of character, teaching them to be men and women of God. That's how we shape them. That's how we sharpen them. That's what God is telling us right here in Psalm 127. Let me give you another one. Set limits. Set limits. Hey, there's nothing wrong with having curfews. Amen? Your children ought to have curfews. Not because it's popular for them, but because it's needful. It's not going to be popular for them. Let me tell you what lives on Trouble Street. Trouble. Let, let me tell you, usually when people travel down Trouble Street, it's in all hours of the night. How do I know that? Because I was once there myself. I'm going to promise you there ain't nothing good out after 1130 at night. Amen? Set some limits. It's your house. It's your rules. Hey, I'm going to tell you something, folks. I, I'm a little bit old school, but I can remember my, I agree with my father. He said, son, I brought you into this world and I'll take you out. This is my house. As long as you're living in my house, you're going to do what I say. Why? Because I love them. I know what's best for them. I've been where they are. Folks, we've got to set some limits. Let me give you another one. Proverbs 15, 13. The Bible says it like this. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. You ever seen a, a kid with a broken spirit? That's a sad thing. Let me tell you how a kid gets a broken spirit. When you try to force them to follow rules without relationship. Let me tell you what I figured out. As long as I've got a right relationship with my kids... It makes it a whole lot easier for them to follow my rules. Let me tell you how you get a good relationship with your children. Have a home full of laughter. Amen? Listen to me, moms and dads. Don't take yourself too serious. 
I know you've got stress up the eyeballs and you've got stuff at work and you've got responsibilities that are far bigger than you can achieve sometimes. Man, I know what you're talking about. I'm there now. But I'm telling you something. When it comes time for you to sit down in your home with your wife and with your kids, dads, let me tell you this. Make it a home full of laughter. Don't be afraid to have a good time. Hey, read a funny movie and watch it with the family. Let me tell you something that we used to do when my kids were, were smaller. We had uh, nightly dance-offs. Everybody in the house had to dance, even dad. Y'all should see some of those videos, praise God. You want something to pray about, maybe I'll show, show you some of those videos. It was terrible, but guess what? I would see my kids just belly laughing in the floor, having a good time in our home. I always want my home to be a place of laughter. I want them to know it's okay to have a good time. I want to build that relationship so that they will want to follow the rules. Amen? These are ways that we sharpen them. So the Bible is teaching that the man of God, the dad that makes the difference, has to be strong when he pulls back the arrow, a mighty man of God. The Bible teaches that the arrows have to be straight. They need to be shaped and sharpened. And Then the Bible also teaches you've got to shoot the arrow. Look in Psalm 127, last verse there, and I'm just going to read it and I'll be done. Psalm 127. Verse number five says, Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. Watch what they say. And they shall, and they shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Let me tell you what that means. The enemies in the gate think a lot differently than you and I think. We live in a world full of skeptics and scoffers. We live in a world of unbelievers and a dark world who don't know Jesus. Let me tell you what I want my kids to be. I want them to be arrows shot into a dark place that spreads the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want them to speak with the enemies in the gate, speaking truth and love, that makes a difference in a lost and dying world. That's what God wants too. And that's what we can have if we choose to do it God's way. Everybody stand up this morning. Brother, come on up with a song of invitation. Now dads, a lot of times whenever... Father's Day comes around, you hear a message like this, I don't, I, you may feel like you're being beat over the head with Scripture, but believe you me, I took some beatings before I got out of here this morning too. See, what I've given to you first came to me. And what I had to do before I ever come out and spoke with you is get things in my life right in areas where I knew I had fallen short as a father. And so never feel as though when I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching at you because I'm not. I'm preaching with you. And the truth that I've given you, listen, I needed it for me. Let me ask you this. Are you being the mighty man of God that God has called you to be? It takes a strong man to pull back the bow and, and fire those arrows. Is that you? Are you spiritually strong? Are you taking heed 
to the Word of God and applying it to your life? Are you men of prayer? Are you living out your faith in practice daily in front of your children so that they'll catch you praying and catch you studying and they'll catch you loving people and loving Jesus? Is that you? If not, maybe this morning you need to come and talk some things over with the Lord. Hey, maybe you just need to come and ask Him for help. That's what I have to do continually, daily. Lord, help me to be the Father you want me to be. If that's you today, If you need Jesus in any way, this is your invitation. Before you can ever be a mighty man of God, a strong man of God, first of all, you've got to be a man of God. And that means you need to be born again. If you've never been born again, this invitation is for you. I would love to pray with you. I'd love to pray for you. You be submissive to the will of God. Don't quench the Spirit. And allow God the Holy Spirit to lead God and direct you as this invitation goes forward. I'm going to pray for you. And you'll be closing the service. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Lord, I am thankful that you have given me the opportunity and the privilege of being a dad. But, Lord, I realize that I am completely inadequate to do what needs doing in my own power. Lord, I need you to strengthen me so that I might sharpen, so that, Lord, I might shape, so that I might shoot these arrows effectively into a lost and dying world. God, I am praying that you help me and you help us, each and every father here this morning, to realize our great need and dependence on you, to be what you've called us to be, what you want us to be. Oh, God, do the work in our hearts and lives that only you can do. Speak truth and impart truth. To the hearts that are open to you this morning, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. You do the work in this invitation, Lord, we pray that only you can do in Christ's name. Amen.